You've stopped in at the guidepost. Brought to you by the American Saltwater Guides Association. Stock up on gear, grab a coffee at the counter, and get ready to hear incredible fish stories from the best captains on the East Coast and thought-provoking conversations with stakeholders and policymakers working to protect these fisheries. This podcast is presented by Costa Sunglasses. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Guidepost. Tony here. Um, we are here. It's going to be a short one, and this is going to be a call to action. So uh, about half the ASGA team flew down to Louisiana uh, earlier this week to testify at the state legislature. If you all recall, you know, we've been fighting since probably for 10 months since the stock assessment came out to recover redfish. You know, here's here's the whole here's the whole thing in the nutshell. Um, Louisiana had been trying to recover speckled trout for quite some time. And, uh, and it was really, it was really a mess. Um, and, uh, when, uh, Louisiana Division of Wildlife and Fish came out with the stock assessment on redfish, essentially they did, and this is not a criticism of them. They did, uh, a management action, not based on what needs to be done, but, based on what happened with speckled trout and what they thought could get done. Uh, as an example, they sent out a survey on, uh, on what, what management options people wanted uh, with multiple management options that all ended with a 35% reduction. So that's not much of a survey um, and not much of an explanation. And, and we love our LDWF and the biologists and everything. And that's not a criticism. They were painted into a corner. So we stepped up. And, and gave them a little elbow room and pushed the heck out of a 55% reduction, which would shorten the rebuilding timeline to not, uh, by 19 years, from a, a little over 30 years to a little over 10 years. So um, uh, the much to their credit, the Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries Commission saw this, understood the science, and amended the NOI uh, in July at their hearing. And then that went to a public comment period, and that took us to October. And we stood the test of the public comment period, and that sent it to the legislature. And uh, we all testified there. Couldn't be more proud of our people down there. Um, it was amazing, the, the outpouring of support. And unfortunately, you know, the narrative against us was it was 10 fly fishing guides from out of state. And 30-something people showed up, and they were spin fishermen, marina owners, uh, local guides who had been doing it for decades, uh, brand ambassadors, you name it, across, across the board, and, and kind of showed them, you know, proved our detractors to be, you know, bold-faced liars, um, and, and really, uh, gave incredible testimony that was well-informed, polite, courteous, and, uh, and we lost, uh, the legislature found it to be unacceptable. And, um, and, you know, we were kind of a little bit stunned, but it totally wasn't unexpected because conservation is new to Louisiana. Um, but you know, there's no quit in our guides down there and there's one last chance. 
there's there's one last chance to save Louisiana redfish for the next generation, and that's what that's, this podcast is about. So, Bailey and Ty, why don't y'all take it over since y'all are boots on the grounds and, and tell us what's happening and what we can do to help. Yeah, pretty much so. We're at the, um, we have the governor can veto that decision made by the legislature and uh, pretty much deem it acceptable and accept it straight into um, you know, law writing right then and there, the original proposal of 55%. And um, like I've been telling people, you know, a lot of, a couple of the positions at Walleye Fisheries, as far as the commission goes, and the secretary of Walleye Fisheries is appointed by the governor. So he picks, he picks his team and says, I believe in these people, you know, I believe these people know what they're doing. They're going to be well-informed. They're going to make the right decision. Here's his chance to back his administration, you know, and, um, you know, that's not only back in the administration, it's back in the public, the absolutely overwhelming amount of people from the public, from recreational anglers to, you know, guides and all that have supported this. Um, he's going to I'm sure he was watching that that meeting we uh, had the other day, and it was an absolute landslide of people in favor of that proposal. The commission spoke as well as I've ever seen any commission member from Wildlife Fisheries speak at one of those meetings. Um, biologists Patrick and Jason did a hell of a job. Um, I mean, they got grilled with some of the most, you know, clueless questions as far as fisheries goes, but they stood the test and, you know, answered them to the best of their ability, did a phenomenal job. And, um, you know, I, I wish some of those questions wouldn't have to be answered at a meeting with stakes that high with the Senate and, and House of Representatives there. But, um, you know, they, they did it. They answered it. They informed everybody that pretty much this is what needs to be done. This is the best course of action to rebuild redfish, you know, I think around 12, 13 years instead of 32 years. So that alone should make, an, make a decision. You throw the landslide of support on top of it. It's uh it's definitely a, a bit of a slap in the face, but welcome to Louisiana and uh we're not quitting for it. Yeah, I mean, you know, to to kind of second some of that stuff, Ty, you know, when when we walked into those commission meetings uh in July and October leading up to uh leading up to this oversight committee hearing, you know, uh the commission, you know, that 35% initial uh initial reduction was like bare minimum, here's what we can maybe slide in. And I, I think, you know, ASGA and our group of, of local um, of local anglers and guides stepping up to the plate, getting in those meetings and showing these guys that we're ready to really make the steps for like real conservation to be done in this state and and not just the easy out. Uh, we gave the commission the ability and the cover to to make a decision that's actually going to really positively affect this fishery. And I just want to say, um, you know, as somebody that's been doing this now. Um, not as long as you have time, but for the last, you know, year plus to see the commission make such a um, kind of a like trailblazing decision on that to really step up to the plate and, and do the right thing and do what we should do instead of just the bare minimum. Um, it was really great to see. And, and I think it was due to a lot of the testimony and, and what we brought to the table in those meetings. Um, and then so we get to the committee hearing. We've come in guns loaded. Um, more more people than we've ever had at these commission hearings. Excellent testimony from different levels of, of recreational anglers to guides to business owners, lo uh, local and you know non-local brand ambassadors, 
I thought some of the testimony from guys that were out of state was really illuminating, just talking about what's happened in other fisheries when these half measures go into effect to kind of watch a fishery slide slowly down um, into the ditch um, and, and like a word of caution um, to the committee. I, I thought it was just a great, well-rounded, uh, like, you know, even if you didn't know much about the issue going into it, which unfortunately there was a little bit of that, I think, going on. If you listen to what we, we laid out over the course of that entire uh, testimony, I mean, it was it was a very illuminating, um, educational, uh, and, and you could walk out of that having a pretty good understanding of what's going on, at least as far as like in support of this thing. Uh, and and it was it was unfortunate to see only only a couple votes for our for you know for the fifty five percent reduction um, because you know when you look at what redfish means to the local economy what it means to local anglers and I think there's so much more local support for this than than people realize there's a lot more people that are ready to do the right thing they're ready for real conservation to take place and and something that's science driven. Um, which is what our, what our position is on this thing, you know. I, I think that's a, that's a big part of this. There's a lot more people that are for this than than I think uh, you realize, and and they might have realized. So I, I hope that you know they start to see that. Let's just. I just want to put this out there. You know, we can the the tape of the hearing. If if you search, um, you know, House Natural Resources Louisiana. It's not easy to find, but you can you can kind of poke around and look in the archives and they have a tape of the meeting up. And, you know, the shocking thing is really the only people who spoke against it were bow fishermen. And we've gotten a lot of questions about, you know, how we feel about bow fishing for redfish. And we we've taken the approach, you know, we got a lot of questions about the, the pogey boats, Menhaden fishing too. And our approach in this is always let's, let's handle one thing at a time. You know, let's, let's address the situation with redfish and recreational angling, and then we'll break off. You know, you, you start, you start getting too much going on and it really muddies the waters. And I can, I can tell you right now on this, on this podcast that um, the difference the difference in opinion and how redfish are viewed between our community and the bow fishing community is stark. And there isn't any conservation in that community. And it's going to, it's going to come to a head uh, really quickly because the issue is, is that redfish are in trouble and there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of things that need to be done. It's scary for me because they're so similar to stripers in in many ways it takes them a long time to mature and it takes them eons a human lifetime to to become super valuable and a giant fish they they basically have the same growth rate as oak trees uh once they get past you know 27 28 inches and um and you know the just the thought of somebody spotlighting one and shooting it with an arrow is uh is 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 almost completely unbelievable you know how how valuable these giant fish are um and then how valuable are the smaller fish because they they become the giant fish in 30 years so you know when you're messing with something like speckled trout they breed like rabbits 
they're mature in 11 months, you can kind of snap your fingers and see, see a great recovery on that species. Redfish is playing with fire. And that's what I saw at the oversight committee. Um, and, you know, people on natural resources in Louisiana, they have to deal with an unbelievable amount of things. And there is no way that they can be experts in all of these things. I, I wish they had listened to the people who are experts, like the commissioners, like the biologists at L and the leadership at LDWF. That's where they should take their cues from. I don't, I don't know how y'all feel about that. Yeah. I mean, pretty much that's the same thing. And like Bailey uh, said it too, you know, seeing, seeing the commission really get behind it. And uh, it was more so like, you know, they came at the, in the July meeting with the 35% reduction is like, man, we got kicked in the teeth for four years. So I just want to let people know it took us four years to finally get something accomplished uh, for speckled trout, a fish that can mature to spawning age in 11 months. And that is terrifying, you know? Um, and and when, then when, like Tony said, we're dealing with redfish that take a whole hell of a lot longer than that. But um, Bailey, you know, hit the nail on the head with it. The commission got behind it. The commission... You know, they presented, the biologists presented what they thought would be, you know, something they could get, bare, the bare minimum, basically. And everybody at that meeting in July pretty much gave them the, hey, we want to do the best thing we can as soon as possible. And even people like me, I mean, I'm born and raised here, been doing this for a long time, like pretty much all of us are that were at that legislator meeting the other day. And um I've been I've been in and out of wildlife fisheries through different things. I've been up there for a while, just kind of you know going to meetings and trying to figure things out, trying to give a voice to people. And and I even thought, holy crap, you know, I hope the commission, oh, you know, doesn't just think we're crazy for doing this. But that was the first time in my career of dealing with wildlife fisheries and dealing with any fisheries policy in the state of Louisiana that I saw people that want to make a change. And I saw people that want to stand up and say, we're going to do something for the state rather than just let it die and do something after. I mean, a good, a great example is flounder in the state of Louisiana. I don't know if a lot of people, they probably don't have a clue about flounder in Louisiana. Well, they've basically gone non-existent for a couple of years um, down here. So much to the point, wildlife fisheries, you know, they did their research on it, did their stock assessment on it, basically saw they were in a crash. And their only option was to close the fishery down from October 15th to November 30th. So last year and this year, you cannot keep a flounder for, you know, that 45-day period. Um, and what's really crazy about it, the flounder fishing got so bad that they just, you know, passed that unanimously through the commission. There was no legislature oversight from it. And the public didn't even have a clue because nobody even cared because we had no damn flounder. I mean, and what a travesty that would be for redfish because we cannot let that happen for redfish. Yes, I know people don't come here to catch flounder. I'm just using it as an example, not just an example from another state, an example right here in our damn backyard. So seeing the commission get behind it was truly incredible. I've never seen commissioners take an initiative like that before, and that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen and made me just want to get the entire world behind them on this endeavor. You know, um, Ty, you or Fly Spin, 
you do a lot of spin. Mm-hmm. Bailey's all fly. When we first started this effort, you know, we were kind of in like an education mode between, you know, when that stock assessment came out in December up until about, you know, let's say like May. Mm-hmm. Before that meeting in July, we were in like full education mode. And once that thing hit in July, I, I want I want to get both of y'all, you know, to talk about this because you're you are embedded in the community. People came out in droves to support it. Like it didn't matter, you know, oh, you're a fly, oh, you you fish with dead shrimp and a popping cork, you fish with plastic, you do top water, you know it doesn't matter how you fish right like that's people want to break off into partisan you know tribes depending on how you fish and when push came to shove in that hearing it was essentially us louisiana uh wildlife federation Lodge owners, spin fishermen, fly fishermen, all different techniques versus one other fishery rights group and bow fishermen. Am I wrong on that? I mean, it was it was shocking to me. We we had everyone. It was it was a bunch of there was a bunch of people from like the same area too. Uh, another part to me and yeah you know i mean that's kind of the thing here tony is like what we're speaking to and and who we're speaking to is basically anybody that's ready for actual real conservation to take place in the state and is ready to make a real change for this fishery and do the right thing and look at the science and 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 the data and you know let that kind of be um the guide i mean you know i i don't care if you catch fish with a spin rod with shrimp and a spark plug or if you're out here fishing a, a popper only on your fly rod, and that's the only way you're going to do it. Um, you know, it's about doing the right thing for the fishery. And I think you're seeing more and more people kind of look at our position on this and where we stand and and getting a lot of, um, you know, they're, they're relating to it. I mean, it's it's just about like, you know, here here's something that I, I just want to say about this. And, and throughout this entire process, we've been kind of dealing with this, whereas you bring up these regulation changes, and I would say in the conversations I've had with local people down here, more so than like people disagreeing with the regulation change, if they're unsure about it, it's it's more of a, well, what about like the pogey boats or what about the bow fishing? Is that is that a problem? Has that been something that we've looked at? And here's the deal. You know, those are absolute. Um, there are other issues at play, habitat loss. There's other issues at play with the redfish population being in trouble. But the reality is when you look at the stock assessment, when you look at the data that we have available, the biggest impact is the recreational angler impact and how many fish that we're taking and that we're killing every single day. And that's, that's just factual, okay? And so when you have somebody like, you know, if you've got a, a dude, you know, let's like field medicine, field hospital, whatever, he got shot in the chest. He's bleeding out. You're, that's the first thing that you got to deal with. I mean, that's the biggest wound to this fishery is the the recreational angler impact. And so that's been kind of our, um, you know, our position on this is that we've got to step up to the plate as the most impactful, you know, part of this equation. We've got to take a hit. 
and then when we come to the table for some of this other stuff that also has negative impacts on the fishery, we can kind of say, hey, look, we've already taken our share. We've already done what we needed to do to positively affect this thing. Now it's time for you guys to step up. Now it's time for you guys to to kind of like, look, I mean, you know, we're doing our part and, and, and it's the most impactful part. And it's also the part that's on the table right now. This is the thing we can get done right now. And, and I think that's like, you know, this, this blame game at the beginning of the, of the step, like, you know, before we even get anything done, trying to figure out what's the most impactful thing. Well, we know what the most impactful thing is. We're trying to get that done. So I think that's where we're starting to see a lot of people kind of resonate with where we're at. No, you've been spot on with that too, Bailey. And um, I mean, that's pretty much been my thing when I talk to people about this originally and to this day is here's the knob we have to turn. We don't even have another knob right now. We don't have, we can't snap our fingers and make buggy boats disappear right now, you know, nor do we want to put people out of jobs and do things like that without the science to back it up. You know, we don't have complete 100% science on that. We have all the science in the world. So not only that, just that, we have some of the best, most accurate data regarding red drum in the country right now. And that's been proven. It's, uh, you know, I use things like red snapper. Um, we all know what happened with MRIP and all this past summer and how the feds use that for red snapper. Um, Wally Fisheries got away from that many years ago and started doing their own thing to, to help their own state management and nail other Gulf Coast states and maybe some of the, even the, the East Coast uh, states will be looking into it soon. There's people coming to Wally Fisheries of, of Louisiana saying, hey, how do we get our data as accurate as y'all? How do we do what y'all are doing? because it is unbelievable how great of a job they've done and how great the data is that is coming out of there, you know, and just to reiterate the facts of support that we have all behind this too. I mean, I would have, I knew we've had a lot of support. We've had the recreational guys, we've had, you know, fly fishermen, we've had spin fishing guys, bay boat guys, you know, as I call them, um, kayak anglers. When, when this got, when the word got out, you know, of what happened on Tuesday, I would have never believed in, you know, years, the overwhelming just outcry from the public of, holy crap, that is, you know, complete garbage, what happened? And everybody's calling me saying what happened, how, you know, and there's, there's 100 comment long Facebook threads about it and all and I hate to get into any of the social media crap, but like, you know, people's been, everybody from every angle has been sending me all kinds of stuff on there and instagram and all and they are not happy there's been they're some not good happy memes. with our you know with our state they're not happy with our government and um uh, you know in louisiana we've always everybody here has always been kind of like hey you know we were born and raised here our generations before us lived lived here you know without the help of government and all this stuff and to see the government basically not side with the majority of the public and, you know, almost pretty much slap us in the face and ignore some of our testimonies and all. And people are pissed. People are not happy about it. And um, I hope that the governor and I hope that everybody that was part of that decision up there is hearing this um, for future reference, because it's pretty unbelievable how fired up the public is about it and how much they want to see the change that you know, shaves 20 years off where it's an entire generation. You know, Ty, I think your whole point is like redfish are not speckled trout. Like red, 
speckled trout is the fish fry fish, the family get together. You know, that's the, that's kind of like the meat fish. If it was, you know, for our listeners on the East coast, that would be your, your black sea bass, your, uh, your scup, you know, things like that. Things that, you know, you go out and, and you harvest a lot of them and, you know, that's, that's kind of the angle to it. Um, the value of redfish that is not the value of redfish and and the pressure that's been put on redfish recently was more a result of the lack of speckled trout and you have to be honest about that and i watched it happen in the chesapeake bay 20 years ago we go out catch six or seven species and little by little each one of those species fell off our list of things to pursue because they just weren't here anymore and all of that effort aggregated on stripers and here we are with stripers watching that unfold in slow motion in louisiana is horrifying the pressure that's being put on sheep's head the pressure that's being put on redfish y'all as ty said y'all don't have a lot of flounder anymore Okay, so like all of this fishing effort is getting funneled down and it just starts wearing away at the resource. And that is why it is critical. Like, look, are you the type of person that puts your toe in a swimming pool when it's cold and you get in inch by inch or just jump in and get it over with? Why not just get it over with the regulation changes? Because you're going to get back to where you need to be a hell of a lot faster. But then you just chip away and chip away and chip away and you get stuck in this limbo and get painted into a corner and then you're really screwed. And there's and and whatever happens is like completely draconian. Well, and, you know, Tony, I just want to say about that, I think one of the more like uh like in the testimonies, one of the more like illuminating things to me was listening to like uh, Cody and Blaine get up there and talk about their fisheries and how they've seen their fishery just like die and the precautionary tale, basically. And, you know, in a world where we are seeing fisheries around the country and around the world, quite frankly, uh, dwindle and 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 slide and, and decline, um, you know, it's. It's like we're kind of at a precipice right now where we can make a great decision to maintain Louisiana's the strength in our fishery and get it back on track quickly. And that's a big deal in in so many ways. I mean, first and foremost, yeah, we don't want our we don't want our red fishery to drop to a level where it's it's mediocre or not what it used to be. But then, too, on the industry side, I mean, all these traveling anglers that are going all over the world going places, if a fishery falls off which there are numerous places that i mean i know i have clients coming here right now that are talking about you know all-star level locations that they're like well i don't know if i'm going to go back because that fishery seems like it's kind of tanking in a world where that's happening we have the chance to maintain the strength of our fishery and and kind of you know fortify it and rebuild it a little bit and we should be doing that. I mean, on, on so many levels, it makes sense. I mean, you look at every, all these other fisheries around the world and, you know, management's not taking place and the proper actions not taking place and it declines and it dwindles and it slowly, you know, it dies out to where, like where you guys are at with stripers is a very dire picture. And, and we have the chance to kind of like, I keep telling people like we're in the airplane you know, and you look at some of those graphs for in the stock assessment, and it looks like an airplane that's just like falling. And we have the chance to kind of pull up on that 
you know, get our altitude back before we hit anything and like, you know, swoop up and, and rebuild quickly. And it's like, that's kind of where we're at right now. And, and, and you hope that we can, we can do that. I mean, we're right there. Yeah. I mean, pretty much, uh, I mean, you nailed it all and, uh, hit the nail on the head with everything pretty much there, Bailey. I mean, that's, that's the thing right now, man. I mean, we can do this faster than what has originally been proposed because like we said before, a bare minimum should never ever be in consideration for a fishery as incredible as ours. I mean, you talked, I, I, in I've, I've been, this is something I've said to the commission is something I've said to, you know, even some of the CPRA meetings talking about land loss, telling them saying, Hey, you know, we got to rebuild this for redfish. I always tell everybody this place has always been the redfish capital of the world. As long as I've been alive, you know, here's your chance to do something about it and don't ever let it become, you know, don't ever make it a day that uh, it became less than that because people come from all over this world to catch a redfish here. Cause it's the best place to do it, you know, for big fish, for little fish. And we talk a lot about bull reds and a lot about big fish, you know, but um, people come from all over to catch a bunch of fish, slot fish. And we've literally killed our slot fish faster than they could get to be spawning size fish. And I know we manage things to escapement rates here, but what do we do when we've taken out, four, five to seven, eight generations of slot fish that never, ever became, you know, part of our spawning stock, you know, part of that SPR ratio that will keep falling and um, that won't rebuild fast. That, that right there, if we kill five to seven generations, which we've probably been close to that, and we keep going to killing those small fish and not letting them get to be big fish, um, that is a hole we don't want to get in because we don't know how to climb out of that right now. And we don't want to see anything like, you no, know, the feds come in and say, we got to take measures of closing stuff down because that is just a scary place to be. And nobody wants that. Even the people that, you know, catch and release stuff, they don't want that. We don't want that. That is just a terrifying thing for Louisiana. So um, here's the deal, folks. You know, we've we've laid out the issue Here's the call to action. What you need to do, and we have all this just, if you don't, if you're in the car and you can't write this down, take two seconds, go to our website, look at the blog that we just published, go to Facebook, Instagram, look at it on social media. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty simple. Um, all you have to do is send an email to Governor John Bell. Edwards, and that's Bell with one L, J O H N B E L E D W A R D S, Governor John Bell with one L Edwards at la.gov. And uh, just in the subject line, put redfish. And all you really need to do is say, I support the 55% reduction. Please veto the oversight committee's decision and put these regulations in place. That's it. You, you don't have to write war and peace. This is not a treat treatise on redfish. What we're trying to do is uh, show the governor directly the amount of support that our guides and our community and Louisiana redfish have within the state, as well as across the globe. Um, there's 10 days. 
by Louisiana statute, the governor has 10 days to veto this. So this is not something to put on a shelf and say you'll do it when you're on, you know, Thanksgiving break. Please, please do this today. Um, Ty and Bailey are salt of the earth. So are the rest of our guides and business owners and private rec anglers that supported us. They're the best people you ever want to meet. Um, Louisiana is straight magic. Um, I, I have just recovered from the inflammation and bloating of two days of constant eating down there. Uh, I, I didn't eat. I think I ate my first piece of food this morning. Um, I thought I was going to die at certain points. It is not healthy to eat 36 oysters covered in Parmesan cheese and butter, but I did it anyway. And um, y'all need to be able to go down there if you haven't. It, it's something that every fisherman would see. And the thought of it going away is soul crushing to all of us. Please send these emails to the governor. Um, and, and just like everything else, we'll let you know if we win, but we're never going to give this up. We're never going to go away. We're never going to quit until we're not worried about redfish anymore. So thank all y'all for listening. Send your emails, help our people down there. And, uh, and we hope you have a great day.